0: everyone. Hi, Drea. How are you doing?
1: (laughs) Hi, you're you're there. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, we're all here. So welcome back to our evening live stream, everyone, here with the Emergencies Act Inquiry that is happening between October 13th to November 25th. We will be here covering all the proceedings to figure out whether or not Justin Trudeau used the Emergencies Act justifiably Mm -hmm. and necessarily. I I, I, I must say, currently, it's not going well in his favor. Uh, Draft, first day you're watching the proceedings. I'm here with Tom Morazzo, one of the Freedom Convoy organizers that will be testifying Try Next me. week in front of the committee. Um, Drea, first time coming on the show, first time live tweeting everything that's going on. What was your general impression of the day?
1: Yeah, a lot of firsts for me. You know, I'm just gonna throw back to the fact that Aside from covering the truckers that left British Columbia and, you know, waving off and not really grasping how big it was going to be at the time, uh, you know, I haven't done a whole lot of these reports. so I'm really excited to be jumping in and boy, did I get a crash course with the commission coming back from Germany and trying to catch up on everything you guys have been uh, covering and everything that's been happening in the hearings. So it was fun Mm -hmm. and I'm glad to be a part of it
0: yeah no so drea you you were kind of the specialist today. you were the lead journalist live tweeting everything that was going on so can you give us your professional analysis of what you saw today during the the inquiry
1: well today in the hot seat was uh opp commissioner how do you pronounce his name her oh gosh uh, the, no, th- no, no, that, yeah. The, the commissioner no, no, no.
0: of the inquiry is rulo but uh, the right. OPP, OPP commissioner, OPP commissioner OPP is to- commissioner. Thomas Carrick. Carrick,
1: Carrick, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. So he yeah. was uh, questioned, I think, by five. Uh, lawyers and counting and he was very quick with his answers I found I think there was only one sigh that he gave the whole time Um, but some interesting things came up out of there I'm not sure where to start what do we have on that we're looking at some tweets there Uh, he did admit that in large the convoy was all the intel that they received was that it was in fact a peaceful convoy Mm -hmm. and when I started off my tweets in the beginning of the day that's exactly what i said you know this is an inquiry looking in to uh, how the emergency act was used on the peaceful convoy and you always have people saying well peaceful 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 and it's like no that's what it was and considering its size um, i think he used the term that there was just sort of a fringe small fringe made it in there but that they mm. had a plan for the fringe and that certainly wasn't the bulk of who was coming to ottawa
0: Yeah, you know, and I think the protest being peaceful was what's going to come out of the inquiry because we keep seeing that every single day the the more left-leaning lawyers uh, the lawyers that are leaning more against the, the freedom convoy the, the protest took place in february are trying to push answers onto the the people that are testifying to make them say it wasn't peaceful and yet at the end of the day when we have the cross examinations by miller by everyone we end up seeing that they saw the protest as peaceful the evidence says that they was peaceful the evidence says that the protesters were peaceful and i think the phrase that once again keeps coming up every single day is helpful but not necessary and yes. that's the whole reason why we're here tom what were your general impressions from today
2: well i you know i have to say i was uh you know again i, I noticed the difference the strong difference between the testimony of the opp mm-hmm. officers versus the ottawa police officers uh both both groups of police try to per portray themselves as being mm-hmm. professional but I don't think that the Ottawa police ever came off as being even remotely as professional yeah. as the Ottawa or the uh, OPP. Ontario Provincial Police. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the commissioner today, you know, again demonstrated that and uh just a just an extremely different perspective that the two of them had in their approach to to uh this entire protest mm-hmm. and you know again we had a, another acknowledgement especially with uh Brendan Miller's cross examination of of the commissioner um at the end like he he did a great job of of his cross examination of the commissioner mm-hmm. because Again, he got he got the commissioner to confirm what Inspector Bowden had already said uh, previously in the week that the Emergency Act wasn't required; it didn't meet the threshold for the Ceases Act under Section Two. Therefore, the there was no requirement for the Emergency Act, and he actually started to to walk him down the path of you know you know peaceful assembly versus unlawful assembly, and uh, he he played it. Played it brilliantly. I have to say again, another, uh, another day, like we, we actually just refer to it as Miller time. Uh, when Brendan <laughs> yeah. gets up there, it's just Miller time, right? Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's really, um, really fun to watch Brendan when he gets up mm-hmm. there. And, uh, again, you know, the important thing is, you know, the testimony really solidified for me today that the only thing The only thing that anybody got out of the Emergency Act was that they were literally able to compel, legally compel, the tow truck companies. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. They had every power that they needed available to them. They invoked the Emergency Act for tow trucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to yeah. say too much unless Eva decides to do it when she comes on, yeah, but yes, coming on later, right. But uh there there's going to be some testimony from some of the uh the participants mm-hmm. of the the uh, legal protest mm-hmm. that happened in February. Um you know that is really going to contrast what you know the need to go and get commandeer tow trucks versus the uh I would say disproportionate amount of violence that was brought upon the protesters there. Yeah, and and I think people are going to be quite disturbed when they hear that testimony.
0: Oh, you know, I, I think tow trucks are. It's something that we hear a lot uh, talked about in the inquiry. They often talk about the tow trucks. They talk about compelling tow trucks mm-hmm. to actually tow uh, to actually tow the trucks that were uh, there during the freedom convoy. Um, Dura, what was the most remarkable thing today? If you could pinpoint to one exact thing that you, you saw happen, the most revealing thing during the inquiry?
1: Uh, the most revealing thing, I think, was the discussions around the intel. So, uh, you know, we've seen this many times, uh, you know, not even just specific to the convoy, but the freedom movement mm-hmm. in general. There's all this hysteria that goes on about what the pro-freedom thre- pro people right. might do. And you saw a lot of that through the intel, you know, despite them knowing that at large this is a peaceful mm-hmm. protest they're looking into these different movements and and doing mm-hmm. all these things one of the movements um, that they apparently looked into was the white lives matter yeah, movement started, which yeah. I, I don't know how i missed that movement i have you guys heard of that or what first time i've ever I, heard I it know. yeah exactly first time i ever heard it as well and so i'm thinking what kind of movement is this at this point are they just calling normal, mm. regular people who do believe white lives matter, some sort of movement. and mm. But that was used as reasoning to sort of defend the action. And then also another thing that I've seen, just from stories I've covered, is that there was concerns and extra police deployed. I believe this was actually right. in Ontario, um, maybe for the convoy that was happening there, but they, they deployed extra police to mm-hmm. surround vaccine clinics. And Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I haven't heard of any pro freedom Mm -hmm. protesters like doing anything at (laughs) vaccine clinics. In fact, I covered a protest that was outside of Douglas College in New Westminster because a student wouldn't wear a mask and ended up getting arrested. Mm -hmm. And so that protest was right outside of the college and just so happened to be uh, that the college was next door to a vaccine clinic. Mm -hmm. So what happened was everybody in there was having a heart attack thinking the protest was about them and the news ran with that story Mm -hmm. saying that protesters targeted vaccine clinics there was people coming from their apartment building huffing and puffing about uh how they're there and people were like Mm -hmm. we're here for douglas college and of course my story was accurate but my point is, you could see that the police, I mean, granted, they have to have some things in place, especially with a large protest of any um, nature to keep the peace. But they were going off of these things. They even mentioned that they looked into, um, you know, some of the eco protests that happened. But I don't recall any eco protests getting their, uh, you know, bank accounts seized or the Emergencies yeah. Act being used. So, yeah, that, that's still well, quite a
0: bit yeah Drea, earlier you mentioned the white lives matter comment that was <laughs> uh, mentioned in the commission let, let, let's through that so let's
3: watch what actually happened yeah and he says here that there has also understandably been a significant appetite for this information from government and the public right yes and that suggests does it not that that's an appropriate appetite to um You know, in consequence of the significant spike in these type of crime occurrences. Sorry, did you say inappropriate? Appropriate. Appropriate. Yeah, I don't see anything inappropriate about it. Yes, he says, um, Hendon has these matters in our intelligence collection plan and has been capturing much of this information from all of our services. And he references the White Lives Matter movement, Patriots movement, anti-government activity, and extremist entities engaged in anarchism, environmental issues, et cetera, right? Yes, he does. And the appetite for that information is therefore understandable in the view of Superintendent Morris of 2021. That's what he's communicating, yes? And he says here that there has also understand...
0: Sorry about laughing, but we have Eva (laughs) Chipiuk, one of the lawyers for the Freedom Convoy that just entered our our rbnd so we're going to be able to, to have her on in about 15 minutes but you know you were one of the organizers of the convoy so were any of these organizations directly associated with you guys when you were planning <laughs> to do this peaceful protest
2: well um we we often use the phrase uh moths to a flame mm-hmm. okay and the convoy was the flame and so you know we knew from day one that uh there would be uh, groups, even the OPP and all the police. I mean, I think everybody accepts the fact that right, you have yeah. something that big and exciting that it is going to attract all sorts of, of people, all walks of life, right? So it's it wasn't a surprise to us. I mean, as much as we were anticipating that there, there would be people, uh, you know, the, the Queen of Canada showed up, uh, whatever, what's her name? I don't even want her to say Romana, the Queen of Canada, she showed up, right? Oh, and burned yeah. the Canadian flag, <laughs> Right. So we we attracted, uh, I think there was a witch's covenant that showed up as well. Um, But equally, you know, for for people that we were looking at, that we wanted to be distanced from, we were also Mm -hmm. constantly looking for people that would maybe be... there as as deliberate provocateurs and Mm -hmm. and i'm happy Uh to hear that so far in the testimony i haven't heard any discussion about the police trying to do anything like that but we were kind of on the lookout thinking that there might be deliberately uh people out there trying to incite a reaction from the Mm -hmm. convoy so we were we were diligent for both groups but Mm -hmm. uh white lives matter i certainly never heard of until just a few moments ago
0: yeah, you know, I was shocked when I heard that because I mean, I've spoken with yeah. you a little bit since the the this inquiry started. At Never point, once yeah. have I heard that group mentioned. Yeah. But you you talked about agent provocateurs that came to the crowd, and and honestly, I think we've heard that once uh, so far in the inquiry. But talking about the swastika flag that was flew mm-hmm. uh, that that was there during the convoy, I know someone. I believe it was Jim Watson, one of the first witnesses, stated that there was an enormous amount of swastika flags that flew in the crowd during the War, which we all know is not the case Mm -hmm. but can you
2: touch on that incident yeah you know this was this is a one-time events right Mm -hmm. one-time occurrences and especially the the person who showed up with the confederate flag this person had a hoodie on and a mask and uh, was walking around the flag uh, around the crowd and i remember the truckers calling this person out Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, Danny Bulford identified the photographer that was taking yeah, as so Trudeau, for, as Trudeau, yeah. one of Trudeau's official photographers, because <laughs> that particular photographer, uh, went on a trip to Africa that Danny had uh, participated in when he was an RCMP Interesting. Uh, sniper. And so, you know, we knew that there was going to be this attempt to, uh, discredit the, the entire organization. I mean, this is this is a clear case of um you know painting everybody with the same brush. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because the the mainstream media is so effective that it, it, it actually convinced a lot of Canadians yeah. to turn their back on on the reality. And and no, a lot of mm-hmm. Canadians that are against the convoy never looked at the fact that why is it and we heard a lot of testimony that we heard about protests across Ontario that I had never even heard or knew mm-hmm. existed and and I'll come back to that point later sure but I thought it was really interesting that you have all these protests happening all over Ontario all across the country and yet the people that are against the convoy don't think well, why is it if there's so many protests all across this country? Why don't I start to think about what is their grievance? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should consider mm-hmm. what it is that that many Canadians and I mean, and we raised twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't do that amongst the people that arrived. It was donations across the country. Yeah. You didn't us, force them to pay you on like the to, CBC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, these were donations. These were donations from people that had already been taxed on their income. Yeah. Right. And yeah. they were giving at every turn possible to support this convoy. So if if millions of Canadians were supporting the convoy across this country, what is it that they know? What is their point mm-hmm. of view? And I find I, I'm frustrated because a lot of Canadians that are against the convoy never seem to ask those questions and they're they're really elementary questions mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. it's it's alarming to me um to hear some of the narratives that I heard also today mm-hmm. from from the commissioner but we'll we'll come back to that one in a minute there yeah yeah of course yeah I as just want know, to I'm, trickle I'm, back I, yeah because I'm I'm actually William and I were talking yesterday. I'm actually old enough to be his grandfather. And so I forget things sometimes and I'll have to come back once I remember what it is. I won't tell you his real age, but I could be his grandfather. Andrea. Uh,
1: um, I was just going to add to the provocateur thing, you know, that sitting at home, uh, crying myself to sleep that I wasn't in Ottawa with uh, everything that was happening. I was just praying that there wouldn't be provocateurs. That's what I was so worried about. And when I saw that, uh, you know the swastika go by with uh, Trudeau's mm-hmm. cameraman. You know Trudeau was missing in action, and he loves costumes. My thought was, <laughs> you know, how do we know what's the height of that person? Like seriously, yeah. it ran across my mind. But um, you know, again, it's you're right to say, William, that what's coming out of this is the proof that it was peaceful. Mm-hmm. It was a really great movement that you know really spread across the world. Another thing that came out uh, today is the conversations that uh, RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky had, I Mm -hmm. found the text interaction that she had with um, the OPP commissioner to be very sneaky. It was planting the seed of the Emergencies Act uh, before, you know, it was even on his radar and mm-hmm. also, it just kind of she, she basically I don't know if we have a shot of it. But basically, um, you know, I quoted her, she said something along the lines in her tweet that, um, you know, if this doesn't get handled quickly, then uh, you or I to the, the OPP commissioner might have to take the lead. And, you know, I don't really want to do that. And so mm-hmm. when he uh, was a Cross-examine and ask, you know, were you reluctant to take on that responsibility if it got there? Right. He's like, no, that's my job. Here you have the head of the RCMP basically encouraging, uh, you know, not to do your service. I'm not saying that they should have done it, but I'm just saying there is a point. If you're supposed to do it, you do it. And the head of RCMP is like, I don't want to do this between you and I. But I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't trust that that was even the point of the message. I think it was to start planting seeds that, hey, an Emergencies Act is on the radar.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Dre, you mentioned the text messages between, uh, well, the text messages involving Brenda Lucky. Let's let's throw that clip. Let's see what was said during the commission.
4: She replies, thanks, Tom. Very helpful. Between you and I only, GOC, losing slash lost confidence in OPS, we got to get to safe action slash enforcement because if they go to the emergency measures act you or supposed to be i I assume you or i may be brought in to lead not something i want um is this the first time so first of all goc i assume that's I take it that's government of canada that's the way i would have interpreted that yes okay. um and so commissioner lucky is relaying to you that The government has lost confidence in OPS. Did you still have confidence in the OPS at this time?
5: That's a difficult question to uh, to answer as to whether I had confidence in the OPS at the time. I was certainly aware of the challenges um, that they were experiencing. And I did feel with the support that we were providing that there was an opportunity to develop and execute a plan. That would bring upon a resolution to this and ultimately that's what happened and i think it's important not to lose sight of the fact that this whole situation was resolved while preserving life without any serious injury and with preventing any serious damage to critical infrastructure
0: yeah and i think this segues into a great a great uh, another discussion The OPP, you know, this commissioner didn't want to say that he didn't have confidence in the OPP, but the the way he was speaking, you could see in which direction he was leaning. And I think this goes to show that everything we're saying about the OPP, uh, the OPS was true. It was chaos.
2: Like they weren't organized. They were less organized than you guys during the convoy, right? Well, it was funny because uh, you know he did give an earlier statement where he said that Ottawa has a uh, an exceptional reputation across mm-hmm. Canada a- amongst other police right, forces for having so much experience with protests because it happens so much. Which again. <laughs> You know, I come back to the the idea of all the residents of Ottawa that mm-hmm. hated the convoy, it's like this is this is protest central. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're living here. You should expect this to happen. You, you don't buy a house beside Pearson International Airport and then complain yeah. about airplane noise. <laughs> This is, this happens in this city all the time in the downtown core. Uh, And he Mm -hmm. was, he was trying to say that, you know, they're extremely um, uh, have a great reputation for handling Mm -hmm. protests professionally, but wow, were they ever completely overwhelmed? And and I want to sort of reflect on a different point of view as well. It's kind of easy for the OPP to step back and say, Hey, we're, we're very objective about this because we don't live here. We don't physically patrol these streets and live here. So they have a different perspective on how they're approaching the policing versus the Ottawa police that are in this area every gay, day. This is yeah. the streets, right? They're embedded in it. They're they're embedded here. This mm-hmm. is their turf. Uh, and in the comments, I'm not at all surprised by the commissioner's uh comments about um, you know, the the, the confidence. Mm-hmm. He's a police chief. He doesn't have a more hierarchy role in Ontario above the chief of police for, yeah. for Ottawa. So he's trying to be as professional horizontally as he can right Mm -hmm. and so i I think he was uncomfortable trying to criticize somebody who's in an equal position that he's in uh that's kind of protecting the the brotherhood amongst the uh the Mm -hmm. police i think is what he was trying to avoid yeah which i which i mean pretty understandable
0: you know and he was able to keep his professionalism throughout the day which i found pretty impressive and he didn't pander to political points to political talking points like we see elected officials do all the time during those those here though well the inquiry we see them do that all the time there's truly a difference yes. between the unelected people that go on the stand and talk about their experience yes. with the convoy and the elected representative mm-hmm. like jim watson like uh, this uh, individual Catherine mckinney yes no gender <laughs> i got a being. question
1: for you guys yeah. I have a quick sure. question for you guys since you guys have been following it more and I just kind of crashed into it. But when mm-hmm. I covered the Mass Casualty Commission into our largest mass shooting That's in true. Nova Scotia yeah, that to- happened, there was a lot of finger pointing. and It seemed like everybody that testified was just using it as an opportunity to pass the blame on somebody else. Is that mm-hmm. happening um, in this hearing or in these hearings?
2: Yeah, uh, it's happening at a uh, very grotesque mm-hmm. uh, pace and level. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh and and you know, this is this is an an issue that I take exception with Brenda Lucky. I mean, I've never met the woman obviously. Like she's she has served as a as a police officer for her her entire career. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue. I don't, you know, I I commend her for that. Yeah. But where I really find fault is in her leadership, in the fact that uh, you know, my my the culture I grew up in with the military was, you know, is seek and accept responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is not just a catchphrase. That is not something that you, you say, yeah. Oh, I I'm, I'm responsible. I see, you know, uh, I take responsibility for it, but there's no consequence. And I'm finding with her that she is just far too involved with too many national issues. <laughs> and she claims yeah. to be responsible but she doesn't accept any consequence to that responsibility mm-hmm. so for her it's really yeah. just become a slogan and of course this is the type of uh systemic leadership we're seeing that all three or throughout every government in mm-hmm. in this country uh all three all levels of government they're not actually taking responsibility mm-hmm. in a meaningful way. They're not stepping down. They're not resigning. They're not, uh, I mean, they're not okay. even so much as falling on their sword mm-hmm. for each other. They're just using it as a catchphrase and they're moving on and keeping their jobs and mm-hmm. their pay. And at, at the federal yeah. level, they give themselves a 20% raise in April.
0: Yeah, you know, Dre, I think there, there's one person at least it's extremely obvious that he's only there to make sure his client... The, the blame doesn't fall on him and that person is the counsel for chief slowly here's there to make sure mm. that people don't put all the blame on chief slowly but apart from that we can see the lines of questioning adopted by the ottawa police by the government of canada by the city of ottawa and they don't they don't even focus i don't feel they're, they're focusing on the reasons behind the invocation of the emergencies act and i don't, f- I don't feel they're focusing on whether or not it was necessary and justified <laughs> they are focusing on making sure that the they, they Their their clients look good. The the City of Ottawa is making sure that the City of Ottawa looks good. Same thing for Government of Canada. None of them asked a real question that your your lawyers ask about whether or not the Emergencies Act was justified. And at the end of the day, that's the reason why we're having this inquiry.
2: We're we're
3: actually seeing
2: like I you know I'm not uh, sophisticated in terms of how I look at the law or in a in a room like we have a lawyer here (laughs) coming up shortly. um, can, is better to answer to this. But from my perspective, somebody at, that is, I went to uh, Osmosis University Law School through all the lawyers that i'm I'm surrounded by. Um, <laughs> what's what's interesting is I've noticed and the the lawyers have seen this throughout, but I've noticed a big sort of shift in the way the commission lawyers are asking their questions. Mm. Uh, It's perceptible to to me now in the audience, watching and listening to the questions they're asking. Uh, So I would include those. So I would say now there's about five groups of lawyers uh, out of the 14 in the room that are all starting to really zero in on, on specifically yeah. why we're there, which is the emergency act. Mm-hmm. And I would say the other nine, it's all about CYA. That's mm-hmm. really what they're to do for their clients yeah. is just to cover up. Mm-hmm. And then of course, uh, Paul Champ, who <laughs> is in a different category. <laughs> Paul, Ch- yeah. Paul Champ
0: is in a category. Yeah, of in a different category. Yeah, thank you for joining us. some, yes. uh, I have a bunch of other questions, but we have
2: to yeah. get going with our next and guest. Can I, can yeah, I just make one correction? I'm not technically old enough to be his grandfather he's not he's not old enough to be my grandson okay and if you want to know how to remember <laughs> if you want to know how to remember eva's name not eva eva, eva just think right. best lawyer ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's great all right thank you so much
0: for joining us tom that's throw to Thanks, break down on we're going to have yeah. eva
4: we must redouble Mayor
6: Khan, I was hoping that you would answer my question. What consequences are there going to be for people that don't abide by the climate green transition?
4: It's not an interview. interview. What are
0: the consequences going to be? Mr. Adler, you flew over 5,000 miles to be here to attend a summit that is promoting the elimination of fossil fuels. Isn't that hypocritical? And and the decision I made was that it was better for me to physically be here than to not be here.
3: They are doing like in
4: here to, to, to make a statement that they care about the South uh, governments, the South countries uh, of the, the global South, but I don't think that that's
3: not happening.
6: in 2022 is not sitting idly by while health diktats with no skin in the game make up all the rules. If you're like me and want to play an active role in upholding civil liberties and freedoms for all Canadians, for our children, and eventually our grandchildren, then come out to our Rebel Live event and get to know us in person. We'll hearing from some of the most influential leaders in the freedom movement. We have events in Toronto on November the 19th and in Calgary on Saturday, November 26th. Tickets are on sale now at rebelnewslive.com. Come out, have lunch, get some Rebel swag, meet the Rebels and more. You don't want to miss this event. Check it out, rebelnewslive.com.
0: Welcome back. We are here with Tamara Alicia's lawyer, Eva. Eva. Eva Eva Chupiek. Chupiek. How are you doing, Eva?
7: Very well, thank you.
0: Oh, thank you. So are, are you gonna go at the Rebel Rebel Live event in Toronto? You're gonna Maybe. try to get there, yeah.
7: yeah. I I watched the ad and I was yeah. hooked.
0: Well, Tamara's gonna be there, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I guess.
7: Yes, yeah. I should be there.
0: Oh, yeah, that would be great. So um, no, we got we just got the perspective from one of the Freedom Convoy organizers who's not a lawyer. And he's not an organizer. Oh, that's right. He was a
1: volunteer at the Ottawa protest. Well, he did go to osmosis law school. Then.
0: (laughs) That's right. But now we have an actual lawyer here. So Eva, what were your general thoughts from the proceedings today?
7: Yeah. Well, today, uh, one thing I just caught while you guys were um, already on air was um, the OPP's own lawyer started asking some questions in redirect um, or his cross-examination, I guess. It's a bit of a strange process we have here, not like you see in court, but their lawyer goes last uh, before the commissioner lawyer goes again. And he actually asked him and confirmed on the record whether he knew anything about the Emergencies Act before it was invoked. Mm -hmm. And this is the OPP superintendent, so the top basically police officer in all of Ontario. And he confirmed that he found out that the Emergencies Act was invoked publicly. So he found out when you found out, when I found out. Uh, And this is the enforcement agency. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was very interesting to hear. You would think that if there's a national security threat which is the uh, reason that you need the Emergencies Act, that the police officers that are going to be enforcing the law would know about Mm -hmm. what was going on. And then the follow-up question to that was, would it have have been helpful for you to know that Mm -hmm. the Emergencies Act was going to be invoked? Um, And, of course, he said, yes, that would have been good information Mm -hmm. to have. So very interesting information came out right at the end as well. We were alluded to that, but then it was very... Very firmly confirmed at the end.
0: Yeah, well, I think that Brendan Miller touched a little bit on the terrorism side of things uh, with Thomas Carrick because we know that he has a background, I believe, in counterterrorism. I don't know if you can tell us a little bit more about uh, Thomas' background from the OPP.
7: Um, from Morris's background,
0: no, Thomas Carrick.
7: Oh, today. Oh, so yeah. I think it was public order administration or something like that. So how to deal with large crowds and what I really enjoyed about Brendan Miller's cross-examination today, and I encourage everyone to uh, review it, is he kind of went a little bit of a... Um, protest law 101. Mm -hmm. So he started with what is, yeah, really good. What is a lawful Mm -hmm. protest? And we talked about that. Then he asked what's an unlawful assembly. And then the third one was a riot. So what was very interesting in his, um, cross-examination is he clarified all of it, basically set the stage for it. And, um, then talked about what actually happened in Ottawa. Number one is that the truckers came in at the direction of mm-hmm. police officers mm-hmm. into Ottawa, and then they were assembled there mm-hmm. at the direction of Ottawa police yeah, and mm-hmm. OPP And then that the barricades were put in by the police. And Mm -hmm. he couldn't confirm that at the time. He said, maybe it'll be, it was um, the truckers themselves and blocking, but we'll get that evidence out next week when the protesters have an opportunity to finally give evidence. And the Mm -hmm. last thing he had confirmed on the record was that not one individual in Ottawa was charged with unlawful assembly. That's right. So very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, So here we are talking about this large protest in and we're hearing illegal occupation over and over. And if that really was the case, wouldn't at least, I don't know, one, 10, 100 people be charged with the the crime of unlawful assembly. And today we found out nobody was.
0: Well, while we're here, let's take a look at some of Brendan's uh, cross-examination with uh, Thomas.
4: Right. Well, he testified that, essentially, in summary, that there was no uh, intelligence of a credible threat under Section 2 of the CSIS
5: Act. Would you agree with that? There was no intelligence of There was a, no credible There was no credible intelligence. intelligence of a threat. Yes. Um, that, I would agree with that. Right. Yes.
4: And so it's fair to say that based on all OPP intelligence and the intelligence provided by the RCMP and federal intelligence agencies to the OPP, To your knowledge, there was no credible threat to the security of Canada as defined in Section 2 of the CSIS Act?
5: That would be my understanding, yes, as determined by Superintendent Pat Morris in consultation with CSIS and the RCMP. Thank you.
0: So there we have it. I mean, every day is just more damning for the federal government, I feel.
5: Yeah.
7: Well, if you could see the federal government lawyers after that cross or during that cross-examination, they looked very uncomfortable. I could tell you that.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you were in the room. Andrea, what did you make of the clue that we just saw?
1: Yeah, it's so nice to have Eva, like really point out the stuff that, um, you know, really drives it all home. But Miller time was great today. And I think <laughs> you hit it all on the nail. The, the other thing that he said there when he brought up the barriers, which, like you said, we'll know more about soon next week. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, you know, if the police in fact brought the barriers, and that's part of the reason they were stuck there or or other vehicles, is it really even their fault at all that they can't move at that point? Is that an unlawful assembly or is that just being stuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, there was a lot I'm of nuggets ca- in Miller talk
7: i'll jump a little bit into the evidence next week because you got like you know when you i kept hearing them say well it was truckers that were blocking other truckers and like to think about that just for a moment is these are truckers that came from across the country uh in an effort to protest lawfully and some of them went back to work or had to go back and there was coordination among them from what i saw each, helping each other out there was absolutely no reason for any one trucker to be blocking another trucker just didn't even make logical yeah. sense. So again, that's going to come mm-hmm. out next week a bit more, but I thought I'd just throw that out there.
0: Yeah. I yeah. you know next week, uh, today was the first day that we saw Chris Barber in the building. Is there a reason why Chris Barber is coming? Chris so, who? Chris Barber. <laughs>
7: I'm just kidding. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Chris Barber <laughs> came because yeah, he's going to be giving evidence next week. Uh, so he came out already, uh, get acclimatized, check out the room and here he is um, mm-hmm. getting, well, yeah, had an opportunity to observe the proceedings today. Yeah.
0: So so who's going to be, te- well, we see it right here, you guys, when you were entering, you had Tamara, Chris, and both counsel on each side. Make sure that you hear that correctly, G. Both counsel. <laughs> the, all, the lawyers were there. So, you know, next week we have, I believe, Tom testifying. Keith is going to be testifying. Tamara is going to be testifying. Chris, uh, Danny as well. well. What do you expect to see come, come out of all that?
7: The truth. Uh th- yeah. we have absolutely nothing to hide. Our clients were coordinating and communicating with the police at nauseum We all took calls from the police at all hours of the day. Um, and that was one other thing that I'll just r- refer to yesterday is there was a question that was posed to the OPS officers so the Ottawa Police Services. Do you do you know who Tamara Leach, Chris Barber, Tom Morazzo, and nanny Bulford are? Uh, and he said yes. It said, "Do you have you do you know whether or not they were uncooperative with the Ottawa Police Services at any mm-hmm. time?" And the response was, "Not that I'm aware of." So wow. all of these, you know, uh, suggestions and media reports about, you know, I can't even name all of the terrible things that have been said. And here we have. Yeah. Uh, clients that we came to ottawa to represent in order to peacefully protest uh we didn't even have any concerns about what activities they were doing because we were just managing and mitigating but not uh concerned about whether it was lawful or
1: unlawful their
0: activities mm-hmm. yeah no, I don't it's think almost as any, if there's yeah.
1: two oh go ahead
0: go ahead adrea i
1: was just I was just saying, it's almost as if there's two parallel universes with this. I mean, you have uh, the legacy media throwing out reports there that cast doubt on whether or not truckers actually came to the convoy. (laughs) Oh, it couldn't have been truckers because they would have all been working. Um, I'm sorry, some of them are not able to work. That's why they're there. But I mean, I'm interested, Eva, in your, your opinion on how it's possible for So two very different narratives to come out of the same event.
7: Well, it's really concerning. (laughs) Uh, That's one thing I want to put out there. And you said two different universes or realities, um, and it's like two different movies completely is how I've put it before. And uh, going back to what OPP intelligence officer Morris spoke about is he said the disinformation Mm -hmm. that the media was putting out really affected their ability to conduct their policing activities and Mm -hmm. caused a lot of problems for them internally sifting through what was real and not real. and that is something that this commission is interested in uh, learning more about and is one of the mandates. So I mm-hmm. look forward to what the commission will find there and maybe what policy recommendations and. Maybe we'll even, the commission will talk about journalistic standards because it is really something that we need to be talking Mm. about.
0: I think that's one of the reasons why people are pushing now for for CBC to come testify in front of the committee as well.
1: Yeah, I 100% support that. I think mm -hmm. it's important. On the page of the commission, if you guys agree, there is a little invitation for you to add any comment or suggestions. You can go Mm. right on the page and scroll down and do that. I think that's a great idea. Let's get some uh, rebel reporters up there and some CBC reporters up there <sighs> on the stand. That would be awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll see the difference between the journalistic st- standards. All right, I have I- another question. Yeah, and
1: I will
7: actually just ending on that topic maybe mm-hmm. is I wonder how many of those um, legacy media journalists journalists were actually on the ground versus some of the yeah. alternative media because then what is it you're reporting? Somebody said something, said something yeah. or the actual fact, again, reality yeah. versus fiction.
0: No, you're absolutely yeah. right on that point, 100%. Um, another question that I have for you. I saw yesterday uh, the, the judge, while well, the commissioner, issued a ruling and a request for an in-camera ex parte uh, yeah. happening for the hearing. Can you tell us more about that?
7: Yeah, so i only learned about that on Twitter myself and I read the decision very quickly. Um, what it is is that the government of Canada has said that there's some very sensitive information that it needs to have in-camera. So in-camera means although it is a bit of a funny name because there are no cameras.
0: That's right. You only have the commission cameras there.
7: So um, it's going to be outside of the public purview and only certain representatives with um, security thresholds can uh, attend. So some of the council only. And from my reading of it, it's actually only going to be commission council and government of Canada council. But they've really limited it. So what they said, and if you scroll to the end of it is where Mm. you really get the the just of the decision is that they're making a preliminary assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's just uh, above this input from the parties if you go up a little bit. So the second, the third, last paragraph maybe. And it says that uh, we're gonna review the information that comes forward, and then we're going to make a determination right, about yeah, whether or not this has to remain confidential or yeah. whether we're going to mm. summarize this information or whether we're going to make it public. So uh, it's a very preliminary decision that the commission has made. I don't think we need to hold our breath on it or, or worry about it too much, at least not my my take on it at this
0: time. So if I just read from mm. the the decision of Judge, Judge Rulo, when I have heard the evidence, I will decide whether the evidence must remain confidential I may decide that some or all of the evidence can be made public, for example, in a summary that describes the evidence without disclosing information that must remain confidential. Is there any resemblance between this and a publication ban during a, an actual court proceeding? Uh,
7: so Yeah. I, I don't know if I totally understood your question, but definitely this one...
0: Could, it be, could, could we say that it is a publication ban, or are there any differences between oh, this and a publication ban?
7: Probably, yes. Um, I think you could get publication bans for certain uh, specified reasons, but this one is 100% simply because of national security threat. That's okay. the claim that the government of Canada is making. Uh, I mm. suspect in a court case, you could ask for a publication ban on national security things, but I'm, I'm not certain. It's usually because of a safe, a safety issue mm-hmm. for a person, something like that.
0: And, and how much do you think is going to impact the hearing? Do you think it won't impact it at all? Or do you think it's going to impact it uh, enormously?
7: I definitely think it's too early to uh, make that assessment. I think let's see what happens at parties are. Have an opportunity to give input, but again, like I said, this is a preliminary uh meeting, and I think right now the commission wants to itself assess mm-hmm. what uh this information is. And so far, what I've seen Commissioner Rouleau do with procedural things, I find very fair and mm-hmm. not biased at all. So, there was one time the OPS office, um, OPS lawyer got a bit uh excited when. Uh, document, or no, it was the recording between Diane Deans and Watson. So that okay. came up. So this is a very similar way of handling a procedural issue. So I really enjoyed how Commissioner Rulo handled that matter. He said let's first get on the record the reason why this recording wasn't disclosed earlier to the parties because that was the claim the Ottawa Police Services lawyer was saying. He said we didn't get this early enough. Why wasn't this disclosed earlier? And Commissioner Rulo didn't jump to conclusion conclusions he said why don't we hear the reason that this wasn't provided earlier mm-hmm. we heard the reasons and it was simply a technology issue um Diane Dean's thought she had she actually handed over her phone to her assistant and said take everything off of it and that just didn't happen so on that evidence it's very hard to say okay she purposely didn't Give the uh, commission the recording and the commissioner said, based on that evidence, I think it's fair and there's nothing that controversial in it anyway and allowed it in. I anticipate <laughs> we're going to see something similar with this. He's going to review it. He'll come back to the parties and then we can have another discussion as well.
0: Mm hmm. You know, I agree that so far, Commissioner Rulu has been fair in his proceeding. And I think that's the reason why Canadians have hope in this inquiry, is because we see him, you know, even though a lot of people are saying that he's a Trudeau appointed judge, we see him being impartial. We see him letting both sides of the aisle speak. We see the proceedings being cordial as
4: well.
7: And and I have to correct you. He's not a Trudeau appointed judge. He he was appointed well before Trudeau because he's been in court for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Trudeau has been around for five years, I think. So it was before there are, um, he has donated to the liberal party in the past and I've talked about that on my TikTok. (laughs) You could look at it there, but, um, Lawyers do that all the time. And mm-hmm. he yeah. did that Especially well before not a he was a, a judge, you know. And that that is part of being able, what we're looking for, what protesters were fighting for, the right to um, free speech and donate to where you want. So we can't, mm-hmm. you know, critique that too, too much. You of have course. to give 100%. Yeah, so just. Mm -hmm. little correction there not a trudeau
0: appointee i I had read a report saying that it was a trudeau trudeau appointee but i I never read it full on
7: it it could be that um trudeau appointed him for this commission interesting you know it was uh an executive decision so that could be maybe where the um miscommunication (laughs) is
0: very possible yeah andrea
1: Oh, I was just saying, um, you know, what you said about that's what we were fighting for, the right to choose, the right to donate. It's so true. It's also what the sort of pro-freedom fight gets in so much trouble with, because we want to be fair. That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. But the left, um, I don't know if you can call it the left, but whatever. They're the opposite. You know, it's my body, my choice, until it has something to do with big pharma. (laughs) You know, they switch the narratives up as they please. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. No, 100%. All right, let's throw to a quick ad. When we come back, we'll continue discussing the commission and we'll read some of your chats as well. folks from october 13th to november 25th we are here in ottawa for the emergencies act inquiry organized by the public order emergency commission but why why the emergencies act inquiry well because during the freedom convoy back in february justin trudeau used a never invoked before emergencies act to basically seize protesters bank accounts seize protesters money seize their assets trampled their civil liberties so we're here this month for next month and a half to figure out if the way the government acted was lawful and was appropriate so we are here to hold the government accountable but we need your help we are here to cover it for you because everyone else here is mainstream media so if you want to help us cover it if you want to help us bring you the other side of the story factual actual news go to truckercommission.com and consider making a donation all right we're back here yeah so i saw Bits of the clip that I wanted us to analyze afterwards. So let's let's throw this clip where um, the commissioner discussed the word occupation when it comes to describing the convoy.
4: Safely remove them unless we have hundreds of officers to maintain. Uh, I think that says risks, and it's not clear. Um, the bottom they are now transitioned into an occupation. So, first of all, did you agree with uh, Chief Slowly's
5: assessment that it was an occupation at that point? I had no reason not to agree with Chief Slowly. Uh, It certainly uh, had turned into a a situation that I felt Ottawa police had not anticipated, and I do not think describing it as an occupation would be inaccurate at all. can't safely remove
4: them unless we have hundreds
0: Andrea, I saw I saw you making some facial expressions, but you have to say
1: <laughs> Oh, man, I was actually yawning because I've been live tweeting <laughs> since 6 in the morning or whatever. No, um, yeah, you busted me yawning. That's embarrassing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have a lawyer here, so Emma, <laughs> occupation. Yeah,
1: well,
7: I've had a hard time with that word, and that's why I really enjoyed it. Brendan Miller's cross-examination today and th- mm-hmm. those were slowly his words so I think we're going to hear more about that tomorrow that's it's right. definitely or that's been thrown around a lot and mm-hmm. I don't know what the legal definition is uh, that they're relying on here
1: mm-hmm.
7: and like we talked about earlier if it was an unlawful
1: assembly then why weren't people charged with that right mm-hmm. yeah it's that, that simple was- <laughs> Yeah, And before he was asked about that, he himself was referring it, to it as the Freedom Convoy. He wasn't saying the occupation, the occupation, mm-hmm. so...
0: That's, that's true. Be yeah, before that like, well. question here. Well,
1: I think yeah. somebody should review the transcript to see
7: how many different words have been used to describe it today. It was the event. Uh, it's the protest. It's yeah. there's so so many different words. So
0: you know that's very yeah. interesting. I'll take a look at that afterwards <laughs> because I'm actually curious. Yeah, might have an article coming <laughs> coming soon. <laughs> the different the different terms that were used to describe the Freedom Convoy <laughs> yeah. by uh, people that testified today. All right. Do we have any chats from our viewers? You can read it Drea, if you wish to.
1: you know what my screen I don't I don't know how to make it go wide sorry yeah.
0: All right, let's look, look I'm just I'm uh, just
1: dropping the ball towards the end here
0: <laughs> uh, Adam, I can't uh, read it yes I, I guess that's Adam Ottawa but I'm not entirely sure Paul Cham sure looked like a chump today I think he's in over his head I'll, I'll refrain myself from from yeah. commenting
7: not okay <laughs> comment. I'm not won't sure. comment <laughs>
0: Paul Champ, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. All right. Is that the only chat that we have for for tonight?
1: Thanks, Adam right, Ottawa. He's a regular, regular supporter in live chats.
0: Yeah, thank you all. Well, if you wanna see one of the interactions that I had with Paul Champ, you can always look at one of my first um, scrum that I did here with uh, Lee. And I believe the, sec- the, the first day I worked here in Ottawa, yeah. Paul Champ and I interacted for a brief moment. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you take a look at that if you want to know more about my thoughts on Paul Champ. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us here, Eva, today. I know it was a little bit later than expected, but we had some technical issues from the beginning. Thank you for your work at the commission. Thank you for joining us as well, Drea, and thank you for live tweeting
4: today.
7: Thanks for having me. Thank See you me next bye.
4: time. <laughs> yeah, have a great evening, everyone. Bye. And, and sorry, even prior to the invocation of the
5: Emergencies Act, there were uh, tow trucks and towing companies looking to be compelled? Not looking to, well, I shouldn't say not looking to be compelled. Um my understanding was that there were some of them that were reluctant. There may have been some that were, uh, were refusing to assist, uh, but there had been some identified uh, that were willing to assist. There were concerns that they may back out at the last minute, uh, which could present to prevent a, or presented a risk to moving forward with the plan. The biggest concern was around indemnification. So uh, one tow company in particular was seeking indemnification, uh, which is not something that we would normally provide. And we were trying to to determine the best way forward through the province and how, if, and if so, how we could provide some indemnification.